Hey Roaches, I'm Todd Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week for the show, I take a guest secondhand shopping. After we gather a thrift haul, we record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Secondhand shopping for worm people. I'm your host, Toddy. Uh, Spooktober continues. We have another spooky episode this week. As I mentioned on last week's episode, we're still looking for those five star reviews on iTunes. So if you listen to Thrifty and you want us to get some cool sponsors, our hope is more five star reviews may help that out so make sure you do that but on today's episode we have a brand new guest we have a brand new thrift haul and then we have some haunted items for our thrift tales for the second act of the show so without further ado i'm going to introduce our guest this evening it's icky vicky aka vera is here welcome to the thrifty couch thanks for having me (laughs) absolutely and um you're wearing uh, a Brick Body Kids purchased hat, yes. even right on the show. Yes, so it's the Rainbow Kitchen mm-hmm. in Homestead, and it's corduroy. Yeah. Very nice. I love it. It's soft, and I'm just a sucker for Pittsburgh memorabilia stuff, so as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, that's for me. Well, I appreciate that because I have problems with like sleeping. So what I do is like some nights I'm up all night just taking pictures and posting stuff online. So you came through in the clutch for me. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Homestead is like a, 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 I guess a smaller town outside of Pittsburgh. But yeah, it's like a vintage corduroy black hat, big rainbow. That was actually originally purchased by the main co-host of the show, Josh Last Call Larkin, so he'd be happy to know that his hat has found a home on someone's head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll definitely be rocking it with my black overalls. Love it. So, uh, Vera, uh, you are uh, a broken-hearted clown. That's true. And on Instagram, you are at IckyVicky underscore Sideshow because you do burlesque, you do Sideshow, um, we ori- I originally saw your performance at the Best of Pittsburgh party this year, and um, I had heard of what you uh, do before that, but that was like the first time that I saw it in action, and I absolutely thought it was like a very unique thing, very interesting, and I wanted to tell you like, you're doing a good job, but like you were doing like the thing so I didn't want to be like yeah you know and um 
but uh, you were uh, yeah in character, and then you had uh, you've been working on uh, the the uh, like a performance box that you were in that you were saying that you were adding stuff to all the time. Yeah, so I came through for the Best of City Paper Party because their theme was Under the Big Top and Sideshow goes hand in hand with the circus. And um, yeah, I had a really great time at the City Paper Party just playing music and it's sort of um, just a lot of crowd work and I almost treated it like I was busking. Um, Busking is just playing music on the street for money. So I tried to do some sideshow tricks, some music. I was even trying to get people to staple money to me. This is a classic sideshow act called $100 Man. So you try to implore the crowd to make you a $100 clown and they staple money to you and you can assign a different denomination for different parts of your body. So say somebody wants to staple you in the head, you can say, you can staple me in the head, but it's going to cost you $50 and then try to haggle with people just to get tips. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely uh, not the cleanest way to make a tip, but it is very shocking and it's very carnal. So people sometimes are reeling in disgust and then you get to see that glimmer in their (laughs) eyes change from disgust to elation when they joyfully are stapling money to you yeah and you're known for uh, having like a a high pain tolerance so it's part of your act like yeah um we were kind of talking about that uh you said you've done some like pulling You, you you haven't done like suspension or anything like that but that's something you're looking into but that's actually one of the questions i wanted to ask so um, you said you've had like like rods kind of pierced through you and over time like you know that like heals up and everything like that. When was the first time that you did something like that and like what kind of like put you over the threshold like I'm going to give this a go? So I realized I had a high pain tolerance when I was doing fire flushing and I yeah, could handle you, the heat. You've eat fire as well. Yeah, so I also <laughs> swallow fire, do I use fire torches to spit fire, um, and one of the acts is called fleshing, where you rub the torches on yourself, and your skin is on fire for maybe like two to three seconds, but it's a really interesting effect to glide the torch over your body, and then there are flames, and everyone kind of oohs and ahs about that, uh, and that was the my first circus type of medium I was working with was fire. So that's probably when I realized that I had a high pain tolerance, but I sort of kept pushing the envelope. I started off with clothespins, mouse traps, other type sideshow type of props. Um, so you sort of worked your way. Up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now I'm doing, I'm piercing my lips with fish hooks and then I'll be using snapping turtle hooks to, pull from my forearms and my chest okay in the coming months so i just have shaved the barbs off of the back of the snapping turtle hooks and they're really intimidating looking i think uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think you did you you pierced your cheeks at best of pittsburgh you had something through your cheek and out the other cheek and like through your mouth yeah so i had the fish hooks and the pins but i also had something called mental floss which is when you put tubing through your nose and back out through your mouth and oh, then you yeah, can you floss your yeah, face. Okay, that's, yeah, uh-huh. And the face floss that I was using was a squirting flower, so I would also squirt water around at people, and that's why I put the plexiglass viewing window 
on my amazing sideshow contraption so I could squirt the window and then people won't be so afraid of being touched by something that I'm doing because there's blood and and sputum and all these other bodily fluids so it makes people a little intimidated but when I'm in the box I actually have more freedom to heckle people to like spray things at the window and I don't have to worry about anybody really getting upset about or uncomfortable, uncomfortable. in any way yeah, yeah cause you're just in your breaking own little that zone. consent yeah and also I think it, it could be cool too for imagery wise because then you have like stuff like blood and stuff running down <laughs> like, yeah and yeah. having a little squeegee to clean it oh yeah for oh, just one moment we're doing some maintenance on this amazing sideshow contraption mm-hmm. and just to clear it up and my bed of nails folds out of it so I'll lay on the bed of nails and try to get people to come over and approach me and the the next step that I'm doing for the sideshow box is to put a tip a, a tip jar with a bo- a lock on it mm-hmm. so a little tip box that people can put tips in and kind of go from there yeah i'll probably be putting that on tonight okay actually because so, i'm gonna be working yeah you on had it. mentioned you're adding new things to your um it's kind of growing every day you said you want to have uh, uh sound and everything like that so people could like hear it from different places so you they gather around you everything like that yeah i have lights and i want to be able to plug in auxiliary to play backtracks as well as if i want to put my pickup on my banjo or my banjo ukulele then i can play electric or have a microphone just to amplify my voice at events and things um I'm going to be doing an outdoor carnival, so I was worried about the sound for that because I don't want to get drowned out in the yeah whole fuss of all of the, the amazement yeah. and what's going on. And um, when did you start? I, I guess you could say clowning. Like when did you first um, like get into it? And was there any specific um, like motivations behind it, or how did how did it like come up in your life? So I was actually voted class clown in my superlatives (laughs) of my high school. And I thought it was a joke on me or something. And I wasn't totally sure about it when it happened. And I sort of fell into that at that time as far as the metaphysical world of a clown and how everyone sort of has this mask that they put on in the world and how we all sort of are clowns with the spectacle of social media and we just live in a spectacle society so I started to think of myself more in that way a long time ago but I started clowning and doing my show two years ago and I started doing fire and I had seen some vaudeville sideshow so I wanted to put together something like a variety show where I could do a little bit of music, a little bit of burlesque, some comedy, and put everything together. Um, Because I had just gone through the ringer with relationships, I decided to call it Broken Heart Sideshow. And that way I could complain about my exes on stage and not (laughs) wear my friends out or my therapist. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But it's, it's really transforming into this whole other entity Icky Vicky the character is sort of becoming this it's just growing larger and growing into something. yeah yeah everything like that and I would uh 
to to agree with that too like even with like with this the like the, w- with the podcast and i've been doing it for yeah i guess maybe two years i don't know exactly how long but i've done other podcasts before this but like yeah at some point um you know i was like well this is what i want it to be and then it just sort of grew into whatever it is so like it's always sort of something different i don't know what to expect all the time i i uh sometimes i like kind of like lose myself in it because i'm just like i don't know exactly where it's gonna go or what it is but here it is like (laughs) it kind of it kind of goes from there um so you are uh at icky vicky underscore sideshow on instagram you have a few shows coming up um, on Friday, October 18th. You have the Thoughtum Halloween Trick or Treat, and that is on uh, that's uh, 4031 Vinston Street in uh, Perry Hill, uh, Perry Hilltop, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's yeah uh, located in uh, Pittsburgh. And then you said on the 19th, and I was unaware, so I'm interested in being informed, but you have two shows coming off on October 19th? Yeah, October 19th is going to be busy. My first show is a Halloween party at Full Pint with Sykes and the New Violence. Oh, okay. So start the beat with Sykes, a a fellow podcast uh, network friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Brian had me on the five-year anniversary show for Start the Beat, so I was really happy to be able to work with him and so I'm excited about this show there are a few other local artists that are going to be there and I'll have my amazing sideshow box uh and I'll probably be there from 8 to 11 and then I'm doing a late late show in conjunction with Redfish Bowl Mm -hmm. so I've been affiliated with Redfish Bowl pretty much the entire time that I've done sideshow my first solo show was at Lawrenceville Art Crawl okay in 2017 so i've been affiliated with them for a long time and they're having their grand opening of their studio space on butler and it's a their halloween party so i'm gonna go and i'm doing a new act and in this new act i'm gonna be doing dr vicky's cure for a broken heart Hell yeah, that seems cool. So I'm going to be warning everyone the perils of love as usual, but then I'm also going to be offering solutions here to how you can curb the loneliness and desperation of having your heart broken. I know we've all been there, so the material is definitely relatable, (laughs) but it's going to be late there because my act is going to be stomach turning and grotesque. I'm going to be playing with some needles and... Oh, yeah. You said you had some hypodermic needles. And while we were thrifting today, you were trying to find some type of, like, container for them. You had, like, a suitcase, but it was a little too, like, roach to, like, to do something with. But you, I guess you're going to have syringes and a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, it's going to be really great. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bring the snapping turtle hooks out for that show just because I want to practice with them a little bit more. But with the hypodermic needles, they have a small gauge. They're easy to use. And because of the heroin epidemic and, you know, just the culture that we live in with, like, the opiate issues people having, it's very striking and very stomach-turning for people to see you electively putting hypodermic needles through your skin. Just definitely. So late, 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 put the kids to bed. Late, late, put the kids to bed because there will be blood. Yeah. Which is another great thing about my sideshow box is that people don't have to worry about 
right. blood splatter. So, and then you could just squeegee it off and then continue. <laughs> well, that, that's very Nothing cool. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> and, um, but that kind of, that's like a good segue into our thrift haul because we went to the Goodwill outlet today. And you said you had prior experience um, shopping by the pound. And sometimes when I take people out thrifting, they've shopped by the pound before. But a lot of them, it's like, uh, you know, maybe first experiences, stuff like that. But there's sort of like a musical chairs of the uh, co-host that I have on the show that it's kind of like the same gang that I have. So it's always cool for me to like branch out, meet new people, like-minded folks. And so I'm really happy to have you on the show today. But you had mentioned that uh, you, uh, with the syringes, um, you actually found while thrifting today a doctor's, uh, well, uh, a patient's gown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the so talk about that gown. a little bit. We found that in the Goodwill Outlet bins. I, so I was hoping to find something that I could use for a doctor's coat, whether that be a long white button up or something that sort of had the similar look of a doctor's coat. And so finding the patient's gown was interesting because I could use it for the show as saying I'm a broken hearted clown. So I'm obviously using my remedy. Mm -hmm. It's pain. Yeah. More pain is the cure in case any of you are wondering that aren't going to make it to the show. Um, but I was a little sketched out about the just the microbacteria On element. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you said you were going to have it open in the back. So just butt out. So just butt out. Yeah. <laughs> butt out to the world. Yes. <laughs> that That's cool. Um, but yeah, you have a collection of stuff we're going to go over today. And a part of the thrift haul today, I'm going to start it off with one of my pieces and what we're looking at is uh, it's from Universal Studios Monsters. It's from the year 2000. It's a 16-inch plush Phantom of the Opera with tags. And with this 16-inch plush, it's uh, the tropey Phantom of the Opera that you remember. I think he's a cute little guy. He kind of has the uh, Phantom of the Opera uh, cape on him. His hair is out of control i'm sure he will be a part of the cover art in some fashion this week and then he has like a, a cloth mask over his face and i don't know if you got to um hold him yet but um with the hair that he's that's sticking up every which way i think it's like a good look for him oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> this hair is scraggly yeah, and with those Universal... The eyes are pretty creepy, too. <laughs> yeah, with those Universal Studios monsters, there's about eight in that collection. And they range between, like, uh, $18 and about $36, because there's a lot of different options. Um, there's, like, a Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, a lot of different ones. But um, the Phantom of the Opera is... Uh, it's Gaston LaRue. Um, he originally wrote this um, in uh, 1909, and he was a, a French author. And for those unfamiliar, the original plot summary was uh, basically the Phantom of the Opera was uh, set in the 1880s in Paris at the Palais Garnier uh, Opera House. And basically, that's the most famous opera house in the world. And it's a believed to be haunted by an opera ghost, a.k.a. the Phantom of the Opera. And that's who we have today. 
So he's a cute little man. I think he's going to, when we do live shows, I think he's going to be part of the set because we bring out the witches. We bring out the goblins. And we uh, we have a, uh, a pig matador that comes with us. So I think the Phantom of the Opera is going to also come with us. Yes, what a perfect addition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so moving on, and there, there is also something you said you're quite familiar with. Uh, we have a VHS tapes for, uh, for VHS heads out there. And the second piece for our thrift haul today is Eileen Warnos, The Selling of a Serial Killer. And this is from 1992. It's from Orion Home Video. And uh, it, it tells the true story, or at least somewhat, of Eileen Warnos. And for those uh, uninformed, she, uh, she killed seven men in Florida between 1989 and 1990 by shooting them point-blank range. But she says uh, because uh, she was a, a prostitute, and she says her victims were killed in self-defense as they either attempted to assault her or they actually did assault her, so she was she killed them. Um, so you said you know a little bit of a uh, uh, Eileen. <laughs> yeah, I know I know her story because um, as far as serial killers go, she's probably the most relatable serial Here, killer I'll pass to it over. me. You could check out the yes. back and stuff. <laughs> But I've never yeah. killed anyone for the record for the thrifty podcast <laughs> listeners. I have never killed anybody. Um, I did kill a few betta fish, but uh, that's all I can really say about that. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, after somebody listened to Thrifty, they called the police. <laughs> so it wouldn't be the first time. Like, please investigate Icky Vicky. She's problematic. <laughs> and we have your social media on here. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so she uh, was executed by lethal injection on October 9th. 2002 so it's uh, her anniversary just passed her anniversary just passed and we're uh, taping on october 10th so yesterday uh, would be her lethal injection anniversary um there's mul- multiple documentaries about her and her story and she eventually confessed to these crimes to her partner at the time and um uh, maybe some are familiar with the 2003 film monster with uh, Charlize Theron that that uh, um, portrayed uh, Eileen in that film. And I remember being like, not a little kid, because in 2013, no, excuse me, 2003, I was like early years in high school, and I remember watching Monster with my friend Nikki, and we like loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of trauma pour in there, because that's sort of a thing now to where – um in order to shock people people put out publications that are really just you know gruesome and have like these violent acts but this is the type of thing that happens to sex workers every single day you know with the passing of uh, FOSTA and SESTA these trafficking laws uh it's getting more dangerous for sex workers so honestly I would not be surprised if we find a few more Eileen Warnoses out here in the world because good for her it's getting it's her. getting more dangerous F. for sex workers F I'm, it. I'm just saying her. you gotta you gotta do what you do but yeah um yeah I definitely have heard her story there's a lot of publications about her and just about you know how she 
flew under the radar for a little while. You know, these guys were dying, and whenever it's prostitutes dying, the cops are like, hey, whatever. But whenever it's, like, men. white men, they're just, men. like, get all up figure- in arms about it. <laughs> we you have know? to figure this out <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so that was, uh, as you see, like, I, I collect, like, VHS tapes. I have a lot of wrestling tapes, a lot of horror tapes, but this was a, a recently acquired tape. And um, I had the opportunity to watch about half of it so far, what they believe that, you know, a sex worker can be. And it's just ridiculous. It's just yeah, a, a and, and sex workers in this time when Eileen Warnos was murdering men for assaulting her, there was no avenue for women to report assault. If you were a prostitute, you would get booked for prostitution. So working girls couldn't even report assaults. And so... I mean, I think an argument could be made, like, even now there is issues with reporting assaults and everything like that. This was, as you mentioned, it was kind of a different situation because this was, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So, like, it was a whole different ballpark at the time, but... Yeah. R.I.P., right? Yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. R.I.P. those guys. Maybe you shouldn't assault Maybe not R.I.P. Well, yeah. (laughs) Maybe not R.I.P. R.I.P. everybody. R.I.P. everybody. <laughs> um, so that was a, another piece of the Thrift Hall today. And something we were both excited to go over, we're going to go over next, because you said you were just fresh off watching this on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so we have found that we have a mutual interest in Goosebumps, the books, and the show. R.L. Stein, both of our boys. Yeah. And last week's episode... Uh, we got a vintage uh, Why Am I Afraid of Bees uh, snapback black cap that has already sold through the Brick Body Kids. So we talked about the bee book. Today we actually got the physical book of The Girl Who Cried Monster. Now the back synopsis reads, she's telling the truth, but no one believes her. Lucy likes to tell monster stories. She's told so many that her friends and her family are sick of it. Then one day, Lucy discovers a real live monster, the librarian in charge of the summer reading program. Too bad Lucy's told so many monster tales. Too bad nobody believes a word she says. Too bad the monster knows who, who she is and is coming for her next. So um, the show representation of this, what happened in the episode since the episode is very fresh to you? And I could compare it to the book. Yes. So they just put the entire series on Netflix, which I was very happy about. And I watched this episode and of course they have this creepy older man. Theater actor. Theater actor (laughs) who's, you know, got you know, just kind of a creepy demeanor about him playing the summer reading person. And she is, of course, a mischievous child. She's telling all these tales. And Mm -hmm. so she's scaring your brother, freaking him out. Yeah. Yeah. She's spying on the summer reading counselor and finding that he is eating crickets and transforms into a monster when no one is looking. Mr. Mortman. Yep. Mr. Mortman. And um, so, yeah, she spies on him, like sees him eating stuff, transforming into a monster with sharp teeth, all of that. And then um, in the book, uh, he eats flies. And those flies 
are usually given to the turtles. Mm. So he gives the turtles the flies, but he transforms into the monster and eats the flies. Later, she catches him eating a turtle. Like a straight oh, yeah. up turtle. So it, it, I don't know if he uses the flies to fatten up the turtle and then eats them. But regardless, he, uh, he, he eats a turtle. And yeah, and then she's just like, yo, I know a real monster. Mr. Mortman's a monster. I don't want to go to the summer reading program anymore. And her parents are just like, nah, cuz you're going. Like, you're just full of it. Like, yeah. you're going. You have no choice. And she has to spend time with this man. And then he knows that she knows. At some point. That he's a monster. So he starts doing some really strange things like... He sort of follows her. He shows up at her house. Mm -hmm. Uh, At one point, she tries to take a photo of him in monster form, and she leaves her backpack behind. Grave mistake. Classic mistake. Yeah. Uh, So he shows up at the family home. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the parents are very welcoming and want him to stay for dinner. Yeah. So nobody believes her. Mm-hmm. He's in her house. She's, yeah, you could say the ending for sure. <laughs> oh, she's terrified. And then plot twist. Her family are actually monsters and they kill the guy because they want to be the only monsters on the block. There can't be any other monsters in town because somehow it would threaten their monster way of life. Well, it's just like anything. If you're a monster, you need to eat all other monsters. Right. So before she gets maybe eaten because he comes over for dinner, mom and dad have him for dinner. Yeah. And they transform into monsters and eat him. And at least in the book, they explain to her that she is also a monster. Her teeth didn't come in yet. That's the only thing stopping her from being a monster herself. Exactly. But these parents were gaslighting her the whole time. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. Mean? I was about like, to say. They like, know she's a monster. There's a reason why she's telling these stories. Yeah. And like, yeah, she's a goof. There's no doubt about it. But when she's like, I see a monster, them being monsters should know that it's real. So you have to assume they did, but they just like ga- gaslit her to death. Like, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Another but, one of your crazy stories. Yeah. So Mr. Mortman gets eaten by the parents and that is the girl who cried monster so that's pretty much it for my side of the thrift haul but you got yourself some stuff that you wanted to use in your performance so we could go over that before we hit a commercial break so you got a whole box of stuff which is so yeah i have a whole box of stuff i got some random clothing items I have two head wraps because I really like to wrap up my hair Um, in my regular life. I have an LLC, a cleaning company, so I'm always wrapping my hair up before I go to work just, you know, to keep sweat out of my eyes, whatnot, and I got a fresh box of clothespins. Never open clothespins. So, and there's actually a clown on the back. I never knew. So representation matters. Representation matters here. And it says hours of fun for all ages, but I'm not using these to hang clothes. As you guessed it, I would see how many clothespins can I put on my lips. I put them on my face, uh, my nipples, and even potentially my vagina. Uh oh. So that's so it depends on it depends on where the venue is because Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, I cannot do that everywhere. No. 
Um, not this is best, not something that's going to happen at the best of yeah, city I paper say, party. <laughs> I, I was like, it didn't happen at the best of Pittsburgh, at least. I, I was think. I was told many, many times through email, Instagram message, and text message that there is to be no nudity, that I should keep the vulgarity to an absolute minimum to no vulgarity, <laughs> if possible, by Briar from the city paper. And it turned out really well. But when I'm at a burlesque show... Or, you know, a house show. These are the type of acts that I'm doing. Um, it's just entertaining. I'll tie little strings to them and have people pull them off. Because as you know, or may not know, mm-hmm. uh, when you pull a clothespin that is clipped onto your skin off, it does hurt pretty bad. And I'm assuming uh, I'm going to go nipple pretty much really hurts. Nipple really hurts. <laughs> yeah, I... Like I said, I have a high pain tolerance, but it still does get me sometimes with the stinging Mm -hmm. um, or I'll just straight up lose sensation because it hurts so bad that my body just kind of goes numb. Shuts it down. But the adrenaline rush is pretty cool. It's intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those uh, clothespins may or may not touch a private part or two. Uh, I also got this cat wrapping paper. And it's so cute. It is adorable. It's this sort of like Richard Scary looking type of illustration. Bright of, yellow. Yeah, bright yellow background with black and white cats. And some of them have bow ties on. So dapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to use that to wrap some gifts for people at some point. I yeah. don't know. I just like the way it looked. And... I also got this incredible score of jester pants that are clearly from some type of clown jester costume, but this was the only individual piece where the pants and they're stretchy and silky and they have this diamond sort of pattern mm-hmm. on them that is very clowny. And Well, there was like a whole Goodwill outlet bin uh, over to the side that had miscellaneous like Halloween stuff and then that bin was like with the other bins but there was like a pirate costume in there yeah uh, like a bunch of masks we saw I mean there was a mask on the show last week we didn't find any top-notch masks this week and there was like a like pirate stuff like there was all kind of stuff but that's where the jester pants came from yeah yeah I'm excited they they're very on brand I don't have a performance in mind that I'll use them for Um, but as I was saying I like to use thrifted items a lot for my performances because I'm gonna bleed on it I could potentially light it on fire and so I don't like to spend a lot of money on my performance gear and usually will make things myself or wear these but I'm definitely gonna wear these out at some point and I may Wear them to the Fourth River Carnival, which is on November 2nd. Um, but we'll see. I'll probably craft an, an act or a set around that outfit. It very much reminds me of like Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, I guess that's a good. Yeah, that's like a because it, it's like the the one the the one pant leg is like a, a shiny gold. The other pant leg is like a dark, would you say, like a dark brown mm-hmm. and then black diamonds. So dark brown, black diamonds, and then, yeah, the gold on the other end. And you had mentioned before that, like, uh, during some of your performances, yeah, you light yourself on fire for momentarily for a couple of seconds. Have you ever accidentally 
lit your like self on fire in any fashion, like hair maybe or something like that? Yeah, I've definitely burned off eyelashes, hair. Um, I got third degree burns last year at oh, an no event kidding. because I was doing fire flushing for so long that I stopped feeling. I got numb to the feeling of it and I ended up getting third degree burns on my arms and mm. uh not fun it was not fun they just basically turned into scabs and there's a lot of aftercare involved in sideshow mm-hmm. and so I tried to take care of it myself without I didn't go to the hospital or anything but I have burn creams and different like analgesic pain lotions and things so I just wrapped it up and tried to um you know clean them as best as i could you clowned on i clowned on (laughs) i actually have a product that i make and i want to start bottling for my shows and it's called wound juice it's made for clowns by clowns it's a health tonic you can drink it you can use it topically and it's basically lemons apple cider vinegar and turmeric Mm -hmm. but it's really good antiseptic it helps to heal from the inside if you drink it it kind of helps clear out your system as well so i was thinking about kind of branding that and putting it out so quick turnaround it's a quick turnaround to to help out clowns out there oh yeah that's awesome and there's only other ones there's actually only one other sideshow act in pennsylvania and they are based out of pittsburgh as well i didn't know that yeah they're called the stolen stitches sideshow Mm -hmm. everyone should check them out they'll be at the fourth river carnival as well um, and that's November 2nd, you said? Yeah, November 2nd. And that's okay. at the uh, Fourth River Music Collective headquarters in Hazelwood. So we have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stuff going on in Pittsburgh. I know, um, so it, with two sideshow acts, they're both from the same city. Um, we ha- and, um, in, in my community, which is a little bit different, like in, in the podcast community, um, I know a lot of different uh, podcasts are doing like live shows and everything like that. And I know that Philadelphia is a bigger city, um, maybe an in-state rivalry, maybe not. But when I went to like Philadelphia and I stayed with like some friends and stuff like that, there wasn't really much of like a podcast scene or anything like that. And I was kind of surprised. Now, maybe I'm lying but like the people that I know who are into podcasts, they're just like, yeah, we don't. There's not like a lot of live shows that come through here. So maybe like Pittsburgh is it maybe a tad more happening than I give it credit for. Yeah, there are just definitely a tad more, like tad more. There are definitely nooks and crannies of culture here that you can't really find as much of in other places in the state or maybe on this coast um, as far as Pennsylvania goes because it's mostly rural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so. I, yeah, I, I could, yeah, understand that too. So but because there's a it's lot like, of interesting like, things happening. It's here. like Pittsburgh, then a bunch of nothing. Like the middle of the state is just farm. It's just a bunch of nothing. And then Philadelphia. <laughs> like so there's only the two things to do really but yeah i my folks live in confluence pennsylvania right sort of in the middle of the state near ohio pile state park and i love going up there um and there are some sort of like diy they're not sideshow people they're just 
um like rednecks i guess yeah. like and they yeah. would probably identify as rednecks as well i don't think i'm slurring them no out. no yeah like a lot of a lot of that culture is like, yeah, I am that culture. Let's go mudding and fishing and hunting. But when I brought my rollabola up to this, it was like a Memorial Day party or a Labor Day party or something up there. And rollabola is a balancing act where you take a piece of piping and you put a plank on top of it and you balance you on top of go, that. Yeah, I've seen that before. And they already had one and they knew about it and they, you know, played music. So... Me playing my tiny accordion, I found somebody who was playing a full set accordion on Rollabola, and that's just what they were hanging out <laughs> so doing. So it wasn't quite competitive. It was just kind of fun then. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were having, we were really cutting it up, and we played Stump and some other sort of like country games. Um, but as far as DIY, um, things that are D- DIY, things to do for fun, I don't know. The Rollabola is super simple, and that. I feel like people in Appalachia just fuck with that. And same with like playing the saw. Yeah. And things like the saw and just different things that are kind of unique to this culture, this this area. Yeah. Yeah. And I speaking about start the beat. um, So Sykes this summer and it is on thrifty podcasts like back catalog. He did a cookout podcast live show called the effing cookout. And that was the first time I was introduced to Stump. And um, so Stump uh, is, yeah, basically you, there's a Stump, um, at least this version of Stump, you put like, it had like a, uh, like a nail in the Stump and one by one, you, you stand in a circle and pass a hammer around. And you throw the hammer up in the air, you catch it, and then you try to slam it down on the nail into the stump. But not your nail. But not your yeah. nail. Yeah, so you hit someone else's nail, and you try to be like the last nail standing. And it got intense. Um, like at night, because they were playing stump all throughout the podcast recording. And so I'm like recording a podcast on a porch and over like my left ear could hear like gunk, gunk, just like hitting the stump. And at night they even brought in, they even brought out a lamp to like light the area so they could play stump. So I'm actually new to stump. So that's cool that you, you saw that up there as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I first played stump at Bayardstown social club. I don't know if you remember that. It was in the strip. R.I.P. Bayardstown. I'm just mm-hmm. R.I.P.ing everything. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Everybody. Well, it's Bay- Halloween. It's Halloween episode, so every fifty uh, percent of everybody mentioned Rip. Yep. <laughs> um, but that was our a thrift haul for this week. We're gonna take a short commercial break, and when we come back, we have a couple haunted items that I found on Google.com, the website. So we're going to check out some thrift tales. Stay tuned. If Mormon's such a terrible monster, how'd you get away? I think the flash blinded him. But I got the picture. I got my proof. You forgetting something, Lucy. Your library guard has your address on it. Mortman knows where you live. So what? He could be on his way to your house this minute. That's not funny, Aaron. If I were you, I'd get out of there right now.
I come in for a minute? No. My parents aren't home right now. I mean, they'll be home any minute. I mean, they're in the bathroom. Mom, is Dad still cleaning his rifle? It's okay, Lucy. It's really you that I've come to see. You left your backpack at the library. I have it right here. This is yours, isn't it? Could you maybe just leave it on the doorstep? Hello, roaches, and welcome back to your favorite part of the commercial segment of The Thrifty Podcast, the Brick Body Kids item of the week. As always, if you want to follow or purchase any of the items you hear on The Thrifty Podcast, head on over to Instagram at BrickBodyKids. Mention the item I'm about to tell you about if you want to buy it. Maybe we'll throw you something fun. Maybe throw you something free. Maybe just give you a discount. Whatever you want. This week, I got one of our older pieces. It's a late 70s, early 80s Excalibur Sherpa bomber jacket. Size 38, navy blue. Size small if you're into letter sizes. Very cool. One of my all-time favorite jackets that ever come through the shop. We have a picture of it posted up. If you find that picture and comment, hey, what's up? I'll personally say, hey, what's up to you? Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Brick Body Shane, signing out. Back from commercial break, and uh, you had seen what we're going to be talking about in Act 2 of the show, and you laughed and said, who would buy that? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like a haunted doll, uh, an image of a haunted doll on fire. <laughs> now, um, have you ever purchased a haunted item from a thrift store or... Maybe uh, somebody said it was haunted or any haunted objects that you know of that you've had before. Um, okay, so this item, I don't know if it is haunted, but it definitely is super creepy. And it is a taxidermied alligator's claw. Okay. And somebody gave it to me. They got it in New Orleans while they were traveling, playing music. And they gave it to me and... It's sort of, I kept it in a really nice box for a while, uh, just sort of to display it or whatnot. And then recently I decided to hang it up in my room and I've been having some really messed up dreams. And so it's hanging sort of above, like near my bed. So I am relating the bad dreams in my mind, you know, quite us, possibly. it could quite possibly be from this alligator claw because once it was taken out of the box and hung up, it started to just put this sort of creepiness in my room. I woke up out of a dead sleep and just sort of was having like kind of a panic attack and it was illuminated by the light coming in my window. And ever since then, I took it, it down and, and I was how, how sleeping been <laughs> sleeping has been better uh, after I had the last nightmare and then woke up and mm. it was shining and sort of a necromancing power or something like that coming from it. I just decided that I'm going to take it down and I was going to cleanse it. And so I have enlisted the help of some friends that 
you know, no burn some sage. Know what to do. <laughs> it needs more than sage. It needs more than selenite. Uh, I don't really believe in holy water, but that might be a trick. For <laughs> I'll give it a shot in believing that. <laughs> yeah. When when you talk about dreams, and I have talked to my therapist about this. He does know about this, but I uh, I something that is present in my like a reoccurring dream is like the, obviously the cat that I grew up with passed away a long time ago. But I have reoccurring dreams that I live at home with my mom and my sister and the cat gets out and we have to go find the cat. And he's very much alive in my dreams. He's like never dead. He is always present. Not in every single dream I have, but I'm saying if there's a dream about him, he's alive in it. But the peril is that he runs away and because he's an indoor cat. So we have to go like go out in the street. It's like me and my mom and my sister and we can't find them. And then like I wake up and I'm just like, whoa, I got to go find Gus. And then I remember I'm like, oh, shoot, Gus is like dead. <laughs> and it's it, interesting, too, because my mom has passed away too and my mom is alive in the dreams so like it's just a bunch of this like weird people who people or animals that aren't in my life anymore but they are very much alive in like all of my dreams it's like my therapist doesn't know what to think about it he does want to record our sessions just so he could have other therapists sort of like listen to listen to it so that can't be a good sign <laughs> that yeah. can't be a good sign for a toddy over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But uh, we're going to hop into uh, a segment that we have brought back for spooky season. We're going to talk about some thrift tales. Thrift, thrift, thrift. Thrift, thrift, thrift tales. Haunted. Now, for new listeners of the show... Um, thrift tales are just tales from the thrift. Sometimes they're our own tales. Sometimes it's a tale of a guest. Sometimes I just come across some weird tales on Google and want to tell you about them. So, um, Icky Vicky, you had seen this in the commercial break that the we have. The haunted child spirit doll, yeah. <laughs> the haunted child spirit doll. Uh, the source here is actually Topic.com. It's a part of Topic Magazine. And they ran uh, an article, and there's about uh, five or six different uh, quote-unquote haunted items on this list. And I'm just going to go over a few of them today. So this is the Haunted Child Spirit Doll. And from the listing, this is from the listing, we moved into our 1920s house a couple years ago. A while ago, I stumbled upon an old trunk in our basement that had been converted into a toy box. Since then, the following has happened. My son's toys go off randomly without anyone there to touch them. My eldest son has nightmares every night and has woken up thinking he has heard someone walking around his room. That's frightening. That is absolutely frightening. As somebody who likes to keep, like, nobody in my room that I don't invite, hate that. Hate that one. <laughs> um, 
Uh, it also says my front door has swung wide open with no one there. Uh, funny thing about the front door stuff, um, to cut a long story short, we, when I moved in here, um, it's not proven true or false, depending on what you believe in, but I saw, uh, and I've talked about it on the show before, that there was like a ghost girl that lived here or something. When I moved in, I moved in with uh, a partner. But one of the first nights in the house, I slept in their room and I woke up and there was like a ghost girl in the closet doing stereotypical ghost stuff. Yeah. And it said, get out. <laughs> oh, a no. couple months later, I saw the, the ghost girl standing on the bed in that room. And the front door sometimes would just be wide open, would be wide open, no explanation. My ex-partner moved out. Never really saw anything substantial after that. Maybe and followed her and left you. I don't know. But then my next roommate saged the fuck out of the house. And she said there were some things that she saw, but they weren't like as like dramatic as like, holy cow. Now, when I woke up and I saw that thing in the closet, there's obviously a small chance that I was still half asleep. Not saying that at all. I'm not saying 100% certainty, but uh, 100% certainty, something that was happened, uh, something that happened is with the next roommate that I had. Her and I were just sitting down, and at the time there was like paintings on the wall that were hers over there, and we were talking about a painting and talking about the ghost, and she had just said like, wouldn't it be something if like the painting fell off the wall? And then it did. Like we're talking in seconds. Wow. And we're like, okay, so yeah, something's you're still here. here, but nothing like we've uh, like since that I've never felt like any type of weird vibes or anything like that. Uh, yeah, one time the door was open, I closed it, and I could have swore I saw something run from the kitchen to the bathroom. But again, um, I have big fucking glasses that reflect light crazily. So sometimes when I move my head like left to right, like uh, the light will travel with that. So there's a there's a possible explanation. But yeah, the door was just wide open, and I came in here and I was like, okay, something had to go to the bathroom in a hurry. But anyway, back to the haunted child spirit doll. Uh, another part of the listing, I had heard laughing and someone coughing. When I've been home alone. Yikes. Yikes, yeah. My five-year-old son is now afraid to sleep in his room alone and must have a light on. He also talks about an old man and his mother that live in our basement. Shut the fuck up, right? (laughs) (laughs) You can hear what sounds like footsteps sometimes coming from the above attic. Our remote and toy batteries drain unusually fast. And at the bottom of the listing, it says, I'm not responsible for anything that may or may not happen in possession of this doll. And the doll then sold for $57.50. Perfect. What a small price to pay for absolutely terrifying So um, that will haunt your house. That will haunt your house. And a lot of times people put, quote unquote, haunted objects on eBay just to see that because there's a whole crew of cats that are just like, I want that. I want stuff happen. Like, I want to get that. I want to do that. Second one, we got another haunted uh, listing from eBay. 
This was also purchased. This is a haunted vintage teddy bear. It's a teddy bear. Now, from the actual listing, it says, My grandmother went to an antique store in San Diego when she was a teen and saw this creepy-looking teddy bear. She told me when she took Joey home, she started to have nightmares. Joey would be sitting on her desk in one direction, but when she, would w- when she woke up, he would be looking a different way. Sometimes when she would leave her room, she would come back to one of his arms up in the air. She never mentioned this to her mother or her father, thinking they would give or throw the bear away for some reason. She just didn't want to give Joey up. And I somehow understand that because, like, you could see Joey the bear. There's a picture of Joey the bear. And, um, yeah, he's like a a plush bear, but his legs and his arms, when they connect to his body, they have their own sort of axis. So you could kind of, like, flip them around. And the head sort of looks like it swivels back and forth as well. It could swivel. Could you imagine sitting there and see Joey's head spinning around? But he's cute. I could see why, like, you're just like, Joey's kind of cool. He doesn't, like, maybe he's possessed or something, but, like, I he's like not him. really causing any problems. Nah. He's just trying to move around So a she was bit. just like, as a, a grandma as a kid was just like, forget it. But for grandma's 90th birthday, she wanted me to take some of her items, including Joey. After I put him in my room, I started having bad nightmares. I would get up and feel like someone or something was looking at me. Joey's head would move from one direction to another along with his arms. My kids started crying and begging me to get rid of Joey. I put Joey in our garage, and stuff would be moved around or fall. I can no longer have Joey in my house or anywhere near my kids. He's looking for a new home, so hopefully it's yours. And Joey sold. The winning bid on Joey was $179.99 Joey cents. Uh, Quite a lot for a haunted teddy bear. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think so. Um, So those were our haunted two items. Great baby shower gift, though. Great baby (laughs) shower gift. So if you had uh, a haunted object like let's uh, talk about like how you said you have some experts coming in because you know, you hung up an item and it's giving you nightmares would you ever consider selling it or do you want to keep it like grandma wanted to keep joey so i would consider selling it and now that i know that there's a market <laughs> online market for haunted items i'm thinking about listing it right now but uh yeah i was thinking about just getting rid of it if if I do try to cleanse it because it is cool I like taxidermy Mm -hmm. you know that's all well and good and it could be something other than yeah the claw you know it might never know it might just be me it might not be a haunted claw but now I'm considering selling it but I just have to write up a really well-worded description of the alligator claw and maybe make my own folklore about it to yeah. give it a little more history because it did come from New Orleans, but that's not inherently creepy. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. 
the yeah. whole town's not haunted. No, so. no. <laughs> well, I think that's that's uh, part of these like uh, these eBay listings we were reading on these haunted objects. Like everything that they write could be a hundred and ten percent true or zero percent true. And they end the articles all the time with like, "Hey, if I send this to you and stuff happens, don't blame me. But if it doesn't, it doesn't." So, like, Joey won for 180 bucks, and Joey just might be a regular teddy bear. Yeah. So, it might be cool to just be, like, haunted pillow, haunted pillowcase, yeah. like, haunted bookshelf. Haunted that's shoe what, stretchers. That's how we're going to sell Size nine. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, like, never worn, size nine, sketchers with laces. That's how the brick body kids are going to sell stuff from now on. Haunted. Yeah t-shirt from 1992 that has your favorite cartoon character but your skin might peel off so i don't yeah, know i don't, <laughs> don't know. blame us like uh today we got like an uh a beach boys vintage t-shirt 1994 beach boys t-shirt today it's distressed but is it haunted Haunt? is that why <laughs> is that why it's distressed and possibly haunted <laughs> you never know how things go um, but speaking about like bad taxidermy and all of that, um, next week I'm going to start the episode out. Now, listeners of the show on Instagram, you could check us out at, at Thrifty Podcast. They have been building their own haunted houses. So they have $30 and they have about 10 to 12 items that have uh, different numeric value and they're building their own haunted house. So for those who haven't jumped on Instagram, Find the build your own haunted house post. Comment in that post. And I'm going to read a couple next week. Maybe more than a couple because I read a couple last week. Maybe three or four next week. Stuff like that. Also, some good housekeeping. Um, Thrifty is also giving away a Get Roached t-shirt. That contest is also on Instagram. So find that post, and all you have to do is comment Roached in the comments, and you'll be entered in for a Get Roached t-shirt that I hand-bleached myself um, through the Brick Body Kids. But as usual, um, anything on the show, um, hit up the Brick Body Kids. It's probably for sale. We got a lot of new merchandise in recently, and pretty much every hanger that I own has something on it. So that's either a good sign or a bad sign, but we're doing okay. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where the rainbow I got kitchen my hat, yeah yeah you wore it the whole episode <laughs> i'm gonna wear it the whole rest of the evening too and as well as working on my booth but i'm not working with very paint. Cool. i'm just working with power tools tonight so. very cool very cool so before we get out of here want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor commonwealth press cwpress.com promo code thrifty you get 12 free t-shirts with an order of 50 t-shirts so order 50 t-shirts, get 12 for free, cwpress.com, promo code thrifty. And as always, thank you so much, Bluffs, for uh, the theme to our show. And all uh, spooky season, we have a different theme than normal. So thank you, Steve Bears of Bluffs, bluffs.bandcamp.com. Check out their music. Do you have any last-minute plugs, Aiken Vicky, before we head out of here? Um, well, you can follow me, as you said before, IckyVicky underscore Sideshow on Instagram. I was banned from Facebook as well as Tinder, so that's pretty much my only social platform at this time. You had your you had your stuff on Tinder? No good on Tinder? I got banned. Yikes. I showed Areola, and they were like, no, 
you're a, you're a female body person. You can't be doing that. Uh, so, yeah, um, no, I have some shows this week. Thoughtum, Trick or Treat, Full Pint wi- uh, Wild Side with Sykes and the New Violence on the 19th of October, as well as Redfish Bowl and the Fourth River Carnival on November 2nd. So, a lot of stuff coming up. If you want to see me hurt myself, or if you want to come and find out the cure for a broken heart, you might just, Got some options you coming might just up. Have some options for you. And for everybody else, get